Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with Amy Wees. And this is Seller Roundtable number 91. And we have Don Henning on today. Thanks for being on, Don. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks, Andy. Hopefully, I, I, I stumbled over that last, uh, the, your, your, your uh, last name there a little bit, but I think I got it. <laughs> I think you did good. <laughs> Thanks. So, uh, Don, we always like to give people a, a little bit of background, uh, you know, kind of leading up to where you are today. So, as little or as much as you like, but we love to hear, you know, where you grew up, where you were born and raised, uh, you know, all that kind of fun stuff, college, any school, any work, uh, just your journey till today. Oh, man. Well, I'll try to keep <laughs> it short, but, you know, you opened up a lot there. You know, I was, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and, you know, Brooklyn, everybody knows Brooklyn, but... Uh, I was born in a little area called, not a little area, a big, big part of Brooklyn called Bensonhurst, and in a little section of Bensonhurst called Gravesend Bay. So at the end of my street is where the, the Verrazano Bridge was. So the end of our street was the, the you know, Verrazano Narrows, and you're looking at the bridge being built. And when the, when the Verrazano uh, opened up the first night, just a little, little side point, the whole, the whole two blocks that we were together Everybody got in their car. It was free to go over. Everybody, we all had a big party, went over the Verrazano and just loved it. Uh, and we were the last block before Coney Island. So I went to school in Coney Island and uh, which again, everybody knows about Coney Island. Uh, but here's an interesting thing I just thought of today. My block in Brooklyn, as crazy as this is gonna sound, was the last block to be paved. We actually lived on a dirt road in Brooklyn. In, in the 60s. Yeah, you know, that's not that long ago. It was crazy. Anyway, a lot of fun. Did that, moved out to Long Island, uh, uh, started different businesses as kids. As a kid, you know, uh, uh, always made a lot of money, always did well, became a financial planner, you know, my own business, built it very well, bought my first house and, you know, all that with as a financial planner, learned about the mortgage industry. I started a mortgage company. Within two years, I was one of the largest in New York State. Uh, after 10 years, I sold the mortgage company. Uh, I started a uh, mortgage broker franchise. Three years later, sold, sold that. I had seven, 760 franchisees nationwide. I uh, started a, a soccer publication, looked at like, you know, kind of like your situation. What do you do when you sell your businesses and you, you know, you're sitting on the sideline? What do, you, I, what do I love to do? I love to be on the fields with the kids. So I started a soccer publication, never did anything like it. Uh, you know, 24 full newspaper uh, pages. Uh, I was the only employee, did the whole thing, very profitable from month one on and sold that. I got into technology and did a bunch of technology things back into the mortgage business, built one of the largest mortgage companies in the country. Uh, we were the fifth largest direct to consumer. So basically an internet based lender in the nation. Uh, you know, Quicken Loans was my number one competitor back then. Uh, and I also ran the sixth largest wholesale lender in the nation. Uh, after that, you know, uh, and that was a publicly held company with 7,000 employees built. Uh, I did, went out on my own again and did some uh, uh, house flipping, uh, 300 houses in 18 months. All along that time, I started an entertainment company on the side and uh, from scratch, we did eight feature length films. 
with all the biggest names from Tom Cruise to Mark Ruffalo to Natalie Portman, on and on and on, uh, and uh, a Broadway show called Rock of Ages, which ended up, I think, is the 26th longest running play of all time. Anyway, long story short, I've done a bunch of things. I uh, retired three times in my career. This last time I retired, I took five years and I thought I was done. And I met up with an old friend of mine from the mortgage industry from many years ago. And we started talking about different things. And I kept telling him, no, I'm not doing it. My life is too good. I'm, not, I'm completely done. And well, he ended up bringing up Amazon and Amazon sellers. And that catches my interest because I love helping people grow businesses. And I particularly love helping young people, whether it be in business or in life in general. So I don't need to be paid to do those things. I love doing those things. So he caught my interest. And we looked at you know, Amazon sellers. We went out and talked to a few and found that even the smallest ones that I talked to, and I spoke to them personally. I remember the first one had like you know, less than $3,000 of inventory. And before you know it, I was, you know, my accountants were putting me in touch with these guys and women. And uh, the next one, you know, was like $100,000 and the next one was over a million. So all of them had one thing in common. They all needed money to grow. So we said, all right, perfect. So we looked at the lending options. We didn't like anything from a growth standpoint. The lending options out there are fine for people that are need to, you know, the working capital to get by week to week and such or month to month. But to really grow the business, they didn't work once you run the numbers. So we came up with this unique idea of instead of lending money to sellers, we will actually invest in the seller. And here's the deal. And it sounds crazy. It sounds too good to be true. But this is the deal. We will double your, your capital with no interest, no required monthly payments, no loss of ownership, and no personal guarantee. So that's kind of like the anti-loan loan. And uh, all we do is we take a small percentage of profits uh, as a percentage of how much money we have in the business. So that's what we did. And we went out, we raised $100 million to invest in sellers. So the systems are all built. Everything is rolling. We're busy as could be, as you could imagine. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. It's really, it's very unique and a lot of fun. So that's that's my story. Awesome. I love it. So uh, I haven't been to New York in a long, long time, but, uh, I had cousins who lived in, uh, Livingston, New Jersey. So we would take trips to the city. I need to know if you're a Yankees or a Mets fan. That's very important to me. Or Nets you... fan. Nets okay. fan. All right. All right. <laughs> what that, a... So, so that's interesting because, um, it seems like, um, I, I don't want to say old school, but you, you know, the old school New Yorkers are, are Mets fans and the Yankees are kind of for the, for the, the whippersnappers. Right. So well, no, they're, they're the, they're the followers, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I love, no, I love that. I love, I love the, the underdog team. I, I, I love them. We went to go see the Yankees. That was of course. Uh, my, my cousins, you know, that, that they were fans of the Yankees, but, uh, you know, it was still always fun to, to go out Yankee Stadium. I think they had built the new stadium back when I went. I don't know if it's another new stadium after that, but no, uh, no, it's just one after that. Yeah. So it was in the two, uh, the, the late 90s, I think, or 90s, somewhere around there. Um, yeah. And we had a blast. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a San Francisco Giants fan, but uh, watching the Yankees, it's the energy in that in that uh, stadium is un unbelievable. Uh, wait till uh, you see this year for the Mets, my friend. Yeah, all right. I, I'm, and, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for them. Um, and, and just to stay with that for one more second, please, with the, with the Giants, you know, as a kid, 
you know, we, we would always go to the game when the Giants came into town because my father was a New York Giants fan. Oh, my awesome. mother was a Dodgers fan. <laughs> so, but, but with the Dodgers with, you know, Juan Marichal and uh, Willie McCovey and, and uh, uh, Willie Mays. I mean, we went and saw them live all the time. It was magnificent. Loved yeah. it. Yeah, the, the the modern rivalry between the Dodgers and the Giants is, is oh. a lot of fun, uh, you know, and in here in Idaho, there's such an influx of people from California. So I'm seeing tons of uh, L.A. Uh, hats and tons of Seattle Seahawks because I'm also a, a 49ers fan. Growing up in Hawaii, you had limited options in terms of what was public, uh, you know, what was on TV. So yeah. that, so that that's what I was, uh, you know, fans of. So. That's a lot of fun, but something else really interesting. We'll have to go back to this because, because I know Amy wants to talk some Amazon, but um, my, my <laughs> wife and I have done a, a bunch of live-in flips. Uh, she uh, got a real estate license recently and uh, we're starting to do some investments and stuff like that. So, uh, and she actually just told me the other day, like, Hey, why don't we start a mortgage company? So, <laughs> so Don, I might be emailing you for, for advice since you, since you're deep in that, uh, in that world. Tell her not to do it. Oh, really? Huh? It's lots of money, but lots of risk. And you, you need tons of money to start that. Yeah. And the, the other thing too, is, is just with the way the world is right now that, uh, you know, on the real estate side of things, it's yeah, it's, it's so up in the air. Everything is really but I mean, it's, uh, it, it's interesting, but we're also in Idaho, which I mean, it has such a huge influx here. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that th those are things we might have to come back to if we have time. So well, can uh, I, can I just stay with that for one more second? Oh, please. Cause there's tons of people in the same boat as you and yeah. you're in such a great market. If you just think about this, this is one bit of advice that I would give you and, and anybody else buy one house as an investment. Just one, you know, a single family, two family, whatever it is, cheapest thing you can get if, if that's all it is. And then two or three years later, buy another and three or four so years, buy another. Yep. And then all of a sudden, by the time you're ready to retire, you're going to have 20 houses throwing off income and you've built your retirement. It's done. You never have to think about it again. Yeah. Well, that's the. The cool thing coming from California is, you know, our house price that we sold there was, was, yeah. so we, we actually down kind of downgraded when we came here. Uh, we went from 11 acres in California to one acre, and now we're on a fourth of an acre in a, in a neighborhood, but our mortgage is, is nothing. And then we took all pretty much every penny that we got from the sale of our California house. And we just, we have an offer out for something, uh, cash, uh, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a multi-unit, you know, house. We're going to do Perfect. that. And then we're going to refi it out because we're buying it cash. We'll fix it up, refi it out. And then we're going to do it all over again. So um, yeah, we're, we're excited to do that. If you finance it within a sh short period of time, whether it be 90 or 120 days, it counts as a purchase. So you can take out more money than if you refinance. Oh, that's interesting. Very cool. All right. Great advice, Amy. Uh, I'm sorry. That was all selfish stuff there. <laughs> See, I, I sent Andy a message and I was like, you're going to like him. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> so, you know, it's all good. Don and I have had the pleasure of talking previously and, and just, you know, he's just a wealth of knowledge about so many things. And, you know, Don, when you're telling your story, I just wanted to pop in and be like, so in other words, you're saying that basically you've never done anything in business, right? You've never <laughs> built anything. So, you know, really cool, your background and really interesting way of how you got into helping e-commerce based businesses. So let's talk a little bit about what you guys actually do. So this is sure. new, you know, there's a lot of funding companies out there 
uh, you can take, so if we just talking about like how we get money for our business, for right. inventory, stuff like that, there's, you can take a loan from Amazon. I know right now mine is like, it says something like, here, we've got $15,000. You're pre-approved. Click here. You know, you've got yep. that. You've got credit cards. We use yep. credit cards sometimes to fund our inventory. If you're really good, you can get a bank loan, but that's usually out of the reach of a lot of new sellers um, because right. they don't have any business credit yet. Uh, there's a few other like capital companies that are like uh, first in first out type of capital. Um, so there's a, all kinds of different factors. Yeah, there's factors. Factors are, uh, for those of you who never heard of a factor, that's um, if you have a purchase order already, you can go and get that inventory paid for ahead of time by using what's called a factor. So, you know, but we Amazon sellers, we e-commerce businesses, we get kind of stuck. We get wrapped up in our capital sometimes. Our capital gets tied up in inventory. Absolutely. So you guys saw this issue. You saw this problem and talk a little bit more about that, about sure. how not necessarily what a creamy does yet, because we're going to get there, but what problems were you seeing in the traditional lending? Because you could have offered that. You've got all kinds of experience. Oh, yeah. What were you seeing with that? Well, uh, I think there's a couple of things there. First, what we saw <clears throat> with the sellers looking to grow. And, and again, I, I remember talking to one that had under $3,000 of inventory. And the second one had just like $5,000. And the second one was a woman. And I asked her, well, what are your goals? And I swear to God, she said to me, well, I want to, I want to make a million dollars. And I said, wow, that's great. She said, actually, I want to sell a million dollars first. Then I want to make a million dollars. I said, okay, that's getting a little bit more realistic. And I said, so how long do you think it's going to take you? And she said, a year. And I'm thinking, and that's, this is not a young person either, by the way. And, and she was very knowledgeable. This is a, 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 um, a, a technology engineer, okay? Very, very smart person. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you're starting with $5,000. You're never going to get to a million dollars. It's going to, not never, it's going to take time. It's going to take a good amount of time. And if you need money to live, which she did, you're never going to get there. Because if you're making even you know 20% net profit, so you're going to get $1,000, what's your rent? You know, you're not going to get there. That's tough. But if you could, if, if that $1,000 paid for everything and we were able to give you another $5,000 and now that $1,000 could stay in your business, you know, another $5,000 to match you and that $1,000 stays in the business. Now, month number two, instead of you starting with 5,000, now you have 5,000 from us. So 10 plus $1,000 of profit that you kept in the business, boom. In, in a month, you have $11,000 to grow. You're on your way. You're gonna get there a lot faster if you have 11,000 than 5,000 and so forth. So you know that's what made us think about it. Like there were some unrealistic dreams and we felt we could help make some of these dreams really happen. And so when we ran the numbers on this, it's unbelievable how good our program works for a seller who really wants to grow. You know, for a seller that just wants to move along and is happy with everything, and you know, there's, there's other options. But for somebody who really wants to grow, there's nothing better. Because think about it, if you're not taking money out every month to make a monthly payment, you can grow. If you're taking money out to make a monthly payment, you know, it's very hard to grow. So that's what we saw. We just wanted to help people 
Uh, and we, so I, again, I did the spreadsheet and I said, I called my partner. I said, oh my God, this is ridiculous for the seller. This is unbelievable. And that's, it's interesting because that's where we looked at it first. We wanted to make sure that whatever we do is great for the seller. So then we did it and I did the spreadsheet for us. And I called them again and I said, oh my God, this is great for us too. So if the seller does really well, we do really well. If the seller does poorly, we do poorly. If the seller doesn't make any money, we make no money. Is you know, so we've taken all the risk. Anyway, Got that's it. what we did. So I think it's so interesting, and we're gonna get into exactly what that means, you know, and and I love how your example was somebody who just had a thousand dollars in inventory, because that is. 99.9% of new sellers. Yeah. These are the people that are trying to get their businesses going and they have the dream of being able to leave yeah. their job, but it's hard. You know, often we tell them if you're starting a private label, that's going to be tough to leave your yeah. job. You're not going to get that money back right away because you need to reinvest. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to break even in the beginning when you're launching because you need to pay for advertising, stuff like that to get your products right. going. You might have made a mistake in the choice of product or something like that, or the market could have changed. Like what? Mm -hmm. who could have thought of COVID, all these people in the travel industry, right? So I love that your example was a seller with $1,000 in inventory. Was, she actually had $5,000, $5,000. Okay, $5,000 in inventory, which I mean that most people start with under $10,000. Yep. And they are trying to scale from there. So I love that you guys are, are in that market where you're not only helping bigger sellers scale, but you're also helping smaller sellers scale. Yep. So, and, we, and we do that on purpose, Amy. You know, that Why was a discussion that? because, you know, the, the, the Wall Street partners that we have that gave us the hundred million dollars, you know, they said to us, you know, why are you going so low? You know, you should make your minimum, maybe a hundred thousand dollars. It's going to be so much more efficient. And they're right. A hundred percent. Right. And we actually said to them, we want to go low because we want to help the smaller guy grow, not just the big guy grow. We want to help them all. And if we can get 10,000 small guys, I'm happy with that too. And no lender in a million years is going to come do what we're going to do because you have to have systems and it's a pain in the neck. But to see somebody like our first client, they had like $20,000, a retired couple who just lost their retirement, you know, without getting into their story. And in a, about a year with our money, they increased their, uh, their sales sixfold and their profit eightfold. It was unbelievable, but they, they literally said, this is life-changing and we never could have done it without it because that's so, all the money they had. But Don, yeah. it takes more than to just give somebody some money, right? I because, yes. you know, if you give somebody money and they, let's say, I mean, it is, seems like a big risk to start with newer sellers, right? That might not know what they're doing or know, you know, how to run a business. Yep. Um, so how do you guys help them be more successful? Like what are some of the fundamentals you're hoping are in place before you give them money, right? Yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's a few different things. Going back to that one that had like $20,000, they were again, an older couple, couple who were retired and uh, they had run their own businesses. So they understood business, they understood finance. They just didn't have money. 
and they had they were uh, doing wholesale. So uh, they had some great products, really terrific products. They just needed more money to grow. So that was that was pretty simple. Uh, for others, it's a lot of other things. I'll give you an example. A younger guy, uh, really wonderful guy, uh, who also was trying to grow, but couldn't get out of his own way, if you will. Like, you know, you have to get up and go to work. You have to get up and make it happen. You have to really, you know, have a plan. And sometimes people come into the Amazon world and think, you know, this is a gimme. You know, I put some money down, I make a bunch of money and I'm done. And that's not the way it is. So literally every Friday, he and I would have a call and it was a motivational type of call. And it was an ass kick call. And, you know, cause I really care, you know, that's really what it comes down to. So it's things like that. Um, we talk about the, the businesses, we talk about the, you know, what's going on in the seller's world, what their, uh, how their current products are, look, are doing. We review their inventory in our own way, different from anything else. And we explain to them why this is better than that. We talk to them about turn times and how they can actually turn a profit, you know, as opposed to uh, buying, you know, two years worth of inventory, you know, turn your inventory as fast as you can, you're going to make more money. And, you know, most people don't understand that. But, you know, when you come from a business background as, as you know, we do, it becomes very clear. So we built spreadsheets to show them exactly how quickly they can make money and how they can make more money by turning it faster, even by getting rid of, you know, old products. So, you know, one guy, literally he had some, uh, I remember they were headsets and they just weren't selling for anything. So we said to him, why don't you get rid of these? You know, just dump them. He goes, well, I'm, I'm going to take a loss on those. And we said, okay, so take a loss. He said, well, I'm worried about what you guys are going to do, meaning accrue me. What do you mean? Well, are you going to shut me down because I'm going to you know, lose money? I said, well, this is one product. So we built a spreadsheet to show him. And you can literally plug in the numbers however you want. And if I remember correctly, it was uh, basically how much the product cost, what percentage you were going to lose, and how long at that new price would it take to sell those, uh, that, that inventory. And then put your ROI in your monthly ROI for your other products. So if you were to take that money out and redeploy it, how long would it take you to re-earn the money that you lost? And in his case, in that specific example, he was gonna sell it over three months and it was altogether gonna take, I think from day one to you know breaking even to having all his money back was either six or seven months. And then it's- Ugh. Then, then you're golden. It's like it's like paying interest on a credit card, and you don't realize that your interest payments are going to be more than you know yeah. whatever that thing that you bought with that credit card is worth. Right. So I love that you have processes to kind of help onboard sellers. If somebody's looking to get into your program, where you're going to help them. What are you hoping that they have in place? So these new sellers, especially if they're a new seller or if they maybe have a couple of products, but some of them might be duds, whatever, right? And they're wondering like, should I even bother calling Don up and having a conversation? What are you hoping they're coming to you with when they're looking for help? Well, the one main thing that we're hoping for and looking for is that they have a plan for growth. So they may come to us and say, you know, yeah, I've got these four products 
this one's, you know, no good at all. And I know that, and I made this mistake and, you know, I bought this color. I never should have bought that, or I made it in polyester instead of cotton, but now this one's in cotton and you could see how it's selling and they know their business. They understand their business. So we, we've done the research and now I need money to build this product out and get these variations off the products, off of that product. And uh, beautiful. Now that seller, we, you know, look, we're taking the risk. We don't know that they're going to be very successful, but we, we make that assumption. And like everything, Amy, you know the deal. I don't care what business you're in, pretty much anything you ever do, whatever you think is gonna happen is not gonna happen. You're gonna start down that path. And when you're starting down that path, you don't know what's gonna be in front of you. You don't see the bumps in the road, you just can't. You don't see the windows that are gonna open, the doors that are gonna open, that you're gonna maneuver down that path called a business and you're gonna figure it out. And that's what people do. And so, you know, that's, that's what we look for. We love having these conversations and we learn an awful lot about, you know, their businesses and about them as individuals. And then truthfully, we root for them. You know, we, we give them money and we're like cheering. You know, we just can't wait to see them succeed. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.